Welcome to the 104 Sports Report, hosted by Alex Brooks and Brian Burroughs, the main source for Oswego sports, a member of the Oswegonian Multimedia Network. Let's get into it. Welcome, everyone, into episode six of the 104 Sports Report. Brian Burroughs, Alex Brooks, and we are going to be recapping the end of fall sports, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, seasons are done after... As of today. As of today, the women's soccer team lost to Cortland in Cortland in double overtime, 2 nothing. We'll get more into that. We'll also be talking about some volleyball, and we do have an interview with my man Spencer Bates. Batesy. Having the Osagonian Basketball Podcast, and then also... We will be previewing a little bit of a whiteout because uh, that's this week. That's this weekend. It's going to be very interesting to see. And but we'll start off with um, women's soccer. We'll talk about the positives before the negatives. So Brian, take it away. Yeah. So positives. They just broke a like seven-year-long losing streak to Plattsburgh on Saturday. They went up. To Plattsburgh to play him in the quarterfinal round, and took a one nothing victory in overtime. So they, it was zero zero at full time, and then they went and scored in the first overtime. Grayson Madden put it in the back of the net by assisted by Amber McDermott. Great play coming off a corner kick. I, they did what they needed to do. They defense held strong. Perry Anderson played well with her five saves and. They broke. They broke the streak. They yeah. beat Plattsburgh for the first time since 2015. Yeah, what a victory by this Oswego team. I mean, when I saw this, I was like, okay. When I saw this matchup against Plattsburgh, I was like, okay. Well, at least if we can get up there, we can score at least a couple goals and kind of become competitive in it. You know, I'd be good with that, and then probably Plattsburgh would take the victory. I was never expecting it to be a 0-0 stalemate in double overtime. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean neither. I mean, this team's defense was not the best this year. It wasn't bad, but it was about, they were giving about, about two goals a game in conference play. They lost, they had already lost two out of Plattsburgh earlier this season. And, but they went up there in enemy territory and beat them in beat them in double overtime. Yeah. And like they they played outstanding. They played extremely well. They only they didn't allow us they allowed didn't allow a shot in the second overtime. They gave up two in the first overtime, but only five shots on target out of the 16 total shots, which means the defense was standing strong. They weren't letting the shots near the goal. Oswego had 10 total shots, but six of them were on target. So they they had a lot more high quality. They had Less chances, but they were more high quality chances. So, and then like obviously, if you look at the, looking at the box, we're had seven shots in that second overtime, which means coming out of that set, coming out of halftime. Sorry, seven shots in second half. Yeah. Um, coming out of halftime, they were they they came out really well because they were outshot one to five in the first in the first half, and then it was outshot seven to nine in the second half. So, but. They came back strong. They weren't demoralized by a lack of shots in the first half, and they held their own. So I got to give it to them because, and like, if you look at Perry, uh, the Plattsburgh saves five saves on of the six shots in the were in the second period or second half. Wow, that's just confusing to say. But yeah, all five of the saves, so seven shots on target in the second half of regulation, five of them were on target. Yeah. And what was like um, what was amazing to me is that in overtime, Perry Anderson did her thing. It was a one-on-one opportunity, and she was able to make a phenomenal save to keep the yeah. score at zero-zero. Like she has been probably the MVP this season, and as a sophomore, yeah, yeah. as a sophomore, and a transfer, sophomore transfer sophomore too. It's her first transfer. year in the program. Oh my god! Like she has been completely dominating this season and for coach McGrain to just have that trust in her especially being a transfer sophomore like you're a freshman last year you're not expected to just start all these games and be over 
people in the depth chart, but McGrain's given it to her, and she yeah. has been performing, and she is going to be a real bright spot going into the future seasons. Yeah, I mean, she started 19 games this year and only allowed 18 total goals. A, she had a one goal against average. She had 56 saves on the year. That's that is a very good year for her first year in the program. Yeah, first she she has at least two more years here. I think only, things can only go up from here oh, as yeah. she get, she just builds more chemistry with the people who with the back line of the women's soccer team. Like it's only gonna get. I think it only gets better for her. It, and and by better I mean like you might be potentially maybe here next year or her senior year. Looking at a finalist for Suniak goalie of the year. Yeah. I mean that's that's high praise. That'd be there there's gonna be some steps to get there. Mm-hmm. But if she continues an upward trajectory, I don't think there's ne- that's necessarily out of the realms of possibility. Yeah, definitely. And going just in a little bit talking about the box score, um it's a very chippy game too. I mean twelve fouls for Plattsburgh to Oswego's eight. Yeah. yeah that, that's a that's twenty fouls together. I mean, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of foul calls yeah. calling in this game. So it was very yeah. chippy. Surprisingly, no cards. Yeah. So you you see twenty total fouls in the game, but surprisingly no, no cards. cards. Yeah. Which to me just chippy, definitely physical play, but nothing over the top. Which is good to see from both from both sides. I mean, I, you never want to see six like twenty. Like you think you think twenty fouls called maybe six shot like six cards three a couple yellows for each side like i like to see that they played hard they played physical but it wasn't over the top where they were hurting each other because that's usually where a card it's like they're a challenge so hard it could hurt the opponent Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that which is great definitely so chippy play hard play but it wasn't too much yeah and we are going to shift over to the game today that was played in Cortland. Yeah. Uh, by the time we're yeah. recording this, is Wednesday, second uh, of November. It was two thirty game against Cortland, and unfortunately, they couldn't keep the magic going. Unfortunate. Two nothing loss in double overtime, and I'm I'm gonna start this one out, Brian. Whew, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah. It was a real heartbreaker, and I mean. I told you yesterday, I was debating on going to Cortland today. Yeah. And actually being in the stands and covering it, and getting some getting some coverage on this women's it soccer been team. A great game and to cover. It it was it was a great game. Yeah. And you know my my bags were packed and I was ready to if they were able to uh, win against Cortland they would have traveled to Geneseo. I was just get, getting ready for Saturday. Yeah. I was really getting ready for Saturday. I had a whole plan uh, mapped out, but I got a little ahead of myself. And Oswego took loss two to nothing. And I'm just gonna Yeah. It, it was it was a tough one. Brian just Yeah, I know I know about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was I know I was I was sitting in class and I had this game up I'm in a computer lab. Right. Half my screen was my work, half Same. the screen was the game. Same. Yep. And then my class ends just as regulation ends. So I'm like, okay, I got to rush because I had texted friend of the pod, Thomas Turgeon, if he was watching. He's like, yeah, I'm watching. So I rushed over to where he was to watch overtime with him. Um, and we wa- we were watching that overtime, and it was like it was just like crazy because they there was chances left and right for both sides. Like both teams were yeah. pushing hard. Right. And I mean that, but I mean, gotta give it to the to Simone. I'm gonna say Simone Nivell with, with the yeah. first goal, with five minutes left in that second overtime period. It was a great goal from the left or from the right side of the box across the net to the left. Always Inside just the left post. Yeah. Yep. Always bending away from Perry Anderson the, like the entire time. Like such a tough shot for Anderson to save. She didn't get a hand on it, and but it was a there great really, shot. There really was nothing. She could have done. Yeah, nothing. There's really nothing she could have done. It was just a better goal. It was just a better it, play. By that Goldberg. is a yep. They, she found the space and she buried it, and unfortunately that hurt. But the Lakers didn't give up, and with a minute, like under a minute left, they had a corner, sent it in, gets headed over the bar by a Plattsburgh player, so headed out of play to safety. So that we get they got another one, 
and then it and doesn't ends up at the foot of, of a sorry I think I said Plattsburgh Cortland yeah um, go ends up at the f- foot feet of a Cortland player they get to break away because yeah. I mean it's under a minute left you want it to, you, you need to you need to tie time. this game you put everybody up there's no yeah. only person back is Perry Anderson who's sitting at the halfway line mm-hmm. um, she gets dribbled around and tapped in with six seconds to go in the game yeah for goal two exactly but. So, I mean, this game, it was, like, they played hard. They unfortunately lost, but it wasn't a bad loss. To a ranked Cortland team, it was not a bad loss. They played their hearts out. I mean, yeah. I mean, they played their hearts out. It was, like, 30 seconds left, and I believe they had a set piece. Yeah. And they were able to. That, too, yeah. They were able to get something going and I, I believe it, I think it was 12 seconds left if I'm exact like 12 seconds left and they were able to get a set piece and get another opportunity to get in there obviously that led to the breakaway goal and Oswego lost uh, 2-0 but yeah you mentioned they played their hearts out and especially against a team where is nationally ranked yeah is someone who you are not expecting to get anything off of no and to not at all and their defense, like credits to their defense, Stepping and Perry up. Anderson as well. Stepping like, up in the playoffs for just, both games. Exactly. I mean, being able to go to double overtime in two of your Suniac playoff games, not giving an inch. Yeah. It's just. Oh, it was just a. It was. It's just a tough way yeah. to. Tough way to lose and just tough way to get out because you know that you played your hearts out, and it's just. You ran into the best team, and after a while, if you're not going to be able to score, there's yeah. really nothing you can do. Yeah. There's really nothing you can do. You had a lot of opportunities. You had a lot of, you know, shots. Shots on uh, goal was seven to Bros. We go to Cortland six. So yeah, that was, they put more on. They put more on goal. They put yeah. They put more pressure. Yeah. What I was seeing from that game. I know it might not show up in the box score, but they put more pressure on. Yeah, Cortland, and yeah. I was very surprised. I was very, I was very surprised about that because they didn't let Cortland get any sort of like breathing room. So yeah. it was very, it was very a, it was a heartbreaker, but it wasn't re- like you can't really take no. much. No, like, and I mean, like, and and you take, and this is just momentum for next year too. Exactly. Like you look at this, and it's like you go, you double overtime, beat Plattsburgh. You go to double. You you bring it tied through a full through an overtime period yeah. with a nationally ranked Cortland team, a team that is probably favored to win the Suniac Championship. Mm-hmm. And like that is only it's like you can like there is so much to build off of there. It's not like oh we we should have done more. It's like no, that is like Brian McGrain has things to build off of with there. And it's like okay, here's the tweaks we need to make this better, right. just to build on it. It's, the, it's this isn't a break it down start new. This isn't a there's a lot of things like there is not many things you need to fix with this team. But like you said, I mean it's just they got worn down. They it's a hundred two overtime a two overtime game is in a, is a hundred and ten minutes compared to the mm-hmm. usual ninety. Cause you, each overtime period is a ten, is ten minutes. So they did a hundred and ten minutes of first game, no goals. They did a it took up to the hundred and fifth minute of the second game. That's 215 minutes of soccer, of playoff, high pressure, high atmosphere in away territory, soccer, mm-hmm. before giving up a goal. Yeah. That's over, what, over three hours? Almost, like, you're looking at almost four hours worth of soccer before giving up a goal. In the span of, t- it's, if it's Wednesday game, first game was Saturday, what, f- four days? Yeah. That's so impressive. That is so, and traveling too. Plattsburgh is far. That's a four-hour drive. Yeah. So they had the drive back too. Now, obviously, spirits high. Spirits are high on that drive back. Yeah. But it's just still there's still a whole turnaround. Like what they did can only be described as impressive. Mm -hmm. I I I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, obviously, you take away from that game they didn't score. Yes. That is that is probably the biggest like negative. That's obviously yep. the biggest negative. They weren't able to score off Cortland. But, like, how could you? I mean, like, like Cortland was just able to dominate, like, just dominate the whole game. They weren't able to get Oswego any sort of momentum. 
They yeah. were a brick wall. Literally, it was a brick wall for Cortland. And Oswego obviously had their chances, but it's just the ball just didn't end up bouncing right into the net, and it just wasn't able to go Oswego's way. But, but, but well, yeah, but like Cortland also, 14th best goal against average in the country. Yeah. In the country. Mm-hmm. So, that is, I mean, that's literally probably, well, you can say that they call it the 14th best defense in the country. Right. Yeah, you want to score the goal, but 14th best defense in the country. Right. There's no guarantees no, there. there's not. So. And I believe it's Geneseo won against New Paltz. So Geneseo is going to head to Cortland. And that... That's a, that that's that's one and two right there, Brian. That's one and yeah. two. I mean, Geneseo, and, and they're just as. I mean, they're they're almost just as good. Well, yeah, and Cortland barely beat them this season. Yeah, they just etched out a win against Geneseo this season, and so you know, Geneseo is a tough team, and it's gonna be, um, it, it's gonna be really fascinating to see if Geneseo is able to go in there and kind of knock off Cortland. Yeah. And try to get try to win the Suniac, but yeah. Yeah. So the end of fall sports is 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 it's the end of fall sports because we had another the other playoff team lost last night. We did. Volleyball went to Geneseo, got swept three oh. It's not a very positive show, Brian. No. I'm 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 very upset. I wish Me too. I wish it was uh I wish it was the other way around. Or at least one of these teams were able to advance. But, yeah, as you mentioned, volleyball, they lost against Geneseo, and they weren't even able to win any of their matches as they got swept 3-0. Yeah. Um, their first round they lost uh, 25-17. Then the second match they lost 25-18. And then their third and final one they were able to put 20, but Geneseo was able to put 25 on them. Yeah. So it's yeah, I, yeah, it's they played tough, but for the how well this team played this year, even in Suniac play, you kind of hope for better than us getting swept in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it, like I was not expecting them to. I, I, I was expecting more of a fight. Yeah, I mean it. It just seemed where. You had all that momentum early in the season. We were talking about one of the best volleyball teams ever with Coach uh, Renz was able to just turn this program around and kind of lead them to hopefully a SUNYAC championship. Yep. But that, it just was like, it was like a big halt. They weren't able to get anything for, um, against Geneseo, and it just was like, they kind of played like when they played Geneseo earlier in the season. Yeah. Just were um, not. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was more of a competitive game against Geneseo, but it was just like, whoa, like, what, what happened? happened? Yep, what happened? Exactly. exactly. What See, happened? What happened? I mean, they, I mean, it might be something from Marywood. Where they also got Where they swept. also got The swept. first time they got swept by a non-conference opponent all season. Yeah. So that might have then played a factor but even still yeah i know and maybe it was just tires fell off yeah tires fell off for this team and just really nothing to nothing to really say i'm kind of like i feel like we're kind of like speechless from this low-key yeah i don't i don't yeah i don't i don't think either of us were planning on coming in here to record this episode Saying that they got swept three zero. Yeah, I don't. I just. I. I think we were at least expecting to talk about the fight. How much like the fight that they put in. Of that, it went down to the wire, and it it just didn't. Yeah. So it's it's just hard to. And yeah, hard well, to talk about. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about any positives, is that this team with Coach Renz is set up for a good future. Very, very, very much good, so. Very good future. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's, they, 
Coach Renz has instilled in this team a lot this year. So even though they're going to be, they're going to miss, they're going to lose a few players. They're going to lose um, some of their top players, like McKenna Corbin. She'll, she's going to be gone. Sarah um, Stratton. Yep. Uh, uh, who else? Ali Natali is a senior. She, I know she played a few. She played a decent amount. Sydney, Sydney Schiffler, Schiffler, I think that's how you say that. Sorry if I botched that. So they're you're you're gonna, you're losing some some top players, but I think first after after this sh- the showing this year, you're gonna get some good recruits. Yeah. Um, I think the freshmen that are here, the sophomores, the juniors that are coming back are only going to take the next step under Coach Renz. They get another full off-season of training with him. They get another full off-season to work with each other under his system. Because mm-hmm. no longer – because one thing you say when a new coach comes in, it's like usually the first off-season is just adapting to a new system. It's adapting to the new coach's style. Yeah. And they, I think they did that really well, The way, obviously the way they played. So now – the juniors of this team, the ones that are going to become the seniors, the leaders, the ones who will, some of them will be named the captains, get to now, instead of trying to learn it with everybody, get to be the teachers. They teach the new people. They teach yeah. the new, the transfers, the recruit, the freshmen. They Then they can teach even just their younger counterparts to be, like, even just better. Be, yeah, being, like, one year into a system, like, for these sophomores, who are going to be juniors, and for the juniors who are going, who are going to be seniors, it is just so important that yep. they're able to get another, obviously, an offseason with Coach Renz, but also just knowing that system and how he formulates their plan, yep. their their game plan, is just huge. I mean, it's, it, it will help, obviously, the recruits who come over and it will also help like the freshmen coming in and just kind of kind of building on what happened this year when we saw a big glimpse of what they can what what we know they can do. Yeah, where this team can go. Where this team can go exactly. And I think making the playoffs in the first season of a new coach can I you you can only say it can go up from here. Mm-hmm. So. I think I think I think that's just that's that's really it. it can it can only go up from here is where I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say where I'm gonna leave this talk go at from here. Yep. But we're gonna talk a little player of the year too. Who 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 do you got as women's volleyball player of the year? Player of the year, I am going to go with. Just look real quick. I know I can give you my player right now. What do you got? Georgia Ferry. Yeah. I'm going Georgia Ferry. She was great this year. Second leading team and second highest in the team on kills. A leader for this team. She's a junior. So good. Every time I talk to anybody who watched the volleyball team, Georgia Ferry was a name that always came up. So Georgia Georgia Ferry is my player of the year. I mean, I gotta go with Kara Simplicio. Fair enough. Being a sophomore. I mean, she, Fair enough. she leads the team in points and uh, kills as well. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, she's the one that they relied on this whole season. Um, and I believe she's only a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah, she she's is. She's only a sophomore. So imagine what she's going to be doing in next year and then uh, two years from now. Like, Wow. That is, that is something that this team can build around. Definitely yes. someone who they can build around. Hundred percent. And it, it is, it, it it was just that was who I picked for my player of the year. It just was, it just was an overall um, great year for Simplicio. Yeah, but as we mentioned earlier in the show, as little. Teaser into the men's basketball season, as we did with the as we did with hockey, where we talked to the guys from the hockey pod. We're ta- we interviewed Spencer Bates. Yes, we did. A beat writer, beat writer for the Oswegonian for the men's basketball team, about a team that is got ranked number five in the preseason poll. We're getting his thoughts on the team, his thoughts on just basketball as a whole. So 
That is right now. Send it over. Welcome in to the second interview here on the 104 Sports Report. We're sitting here with Spencer Bates, beat writer for the Oscegonian for the men's basketball team, and just Oswego men's basketball expert, I'd say. Spencer, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. So, right. Yeah, no, we got a, we got a late interview here tonight. Energy might be a little low. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long a day bit. for all of us, yeah. but got sometimes you just got to find the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll start off with the first question. Um tell me about why you chose basketball and what does basketball mean to you? So basketball kind of just fell into my lap really. Last year I was just, I just started with the Oswegonian writing. I was on the staff um for the first time and I knew I wanted to be somewhat involved in the sports department and the sports editor at the time, Jack Prudek, he was like, do you want to take a basketball story? And so I was like, sure, why not? Like, I'll do anything just so I want to get the experience there and everything like that. But I ended up just continuing to follow the basketball team through the regular season, and it sort of became my thing. And honestly, like like what you said, what it means to me, the, the team means everything to me now because I've been following them for so long. I followed them to the NCAA tournament last year and really – that's when I really started to get a real connection with the coaches, the team, the players, everything like that. And, no, it, it means the world to me now. It's like that's that's my thing. That's what I yeah. like to do, and now it's what I see myself doing later on. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we're always just trying to find, like, something that we, like, really love and, like, to have, like, a passion for it and kind of just have something, like you said, like, put in your lap it's just it's awesome to just oh, yeah. kind of express on it yeah know? it definitely it, i was a little fortunate with how it kind of just was offered to me and i kind of just kept following it weeks after weeks but after a certain point it was like i know the most about it at, at a point so why not continue going on about it definitely yeah. so you had mentioned traveling with the team last year for the national tournament obviously you went first philadelphia swarthmore what was that like? I know I was there. I saw you there. I, I ended up traveling down there with, my, with a couple of my friends. But what was the experience for you as being with the team? Yeah, that was that was a little crazy because they didn't know we were going with them uh, <laughs> until they saw me at 7 a.m. in their hotel <laughs> like, eating breakfast. And they're like, you're here? Like, they knew me from like the regular season, like right. seeing me up in Leon's office yeah. and everything like that. But seeing me at 7 a.m. in the hotel lobby, ready to ask them questions, annoying <laughs> They were like, why are you here? But like, no, that, that trip was that trip was really special because it's funny. I remember I went to the viewing party for their uh, selection day. Yeah. And I just came back to the office, the Oswegonian office afterwards, um, and just kind of made a joke to my editor-in-chief at the time. I was just kind of like, Hey, want to send me to Philadelphia to cover the men's basketball team? <laughs> and he was like, "We have a travel budget," and my jaw dropped. We have a travel budget. <laughs> I've been untouched for years. Things collecting dust. And he was like, "Yeah, I guess we can send you if you really want to go." And so I emailed all my professors immediately. Yeah. He was like, "I'm going. It's not a yeah. question anymore." Right, yeah, yeah. And so no, that trip was that trip was really special because it kind of it put me outside of Oswego still doing this and kind of made it like a real world thing like okay this isn't just within the bounds of Oswego New York anymore yeah and I know like I talked I had talked I went down on the court after they won for in the second game and like the players were, were pretty appreciative of like just a couple of fans coming down but like were they appreciative of you going with them too like to give them keep the coverage up Oh yeah, they they really really appreciated me being there. Like I said, I was there at seven a.m. in their hotel, and at first they were kind of like annoyed because they're like, "Let me eat breakfast and go practice." But like, as the weekend progressed, like, of course they're gonna love. They're, I I think they at least they love seeing their name in the papers. Yeah. They like the publicity that they get from it, and it's all earned for them. And so. No, they were really appreciative of me showing up there, like making sure like what they're doing is. Um, you know, being yeah sent out into the world. It's not mm-hmm. just like oh, it's happening and no one's like caring enough about yeah. it. Like they were, they I found are very very appreciative of it, and I've become real close friends. A lot of them because 
I think they they understand that like I'm their friend, but also I help them out yeah. in another way. So. Yeah, that that's really cool. I mean, going into the next trip because that's just something where it's like, okay, Oswego won in Swarthmore both games. Mm. What was it like going to Marietta? last season like what was the atmosphere what was all that like first of all that drive is a nightmare that drive (laughs) is a nightmare to the very bottom of ohio there's once you're past cleveland there's nothing there is nothing (laughs) and it it was eight and a half hours of just pure like you're you're pounding red bulls yeah were were you alone for that one too i know melinda had gone with you with the first one but yeah no i was with uh araya brzezinski she's the team manager Mm -hmm. and so we drove down together so Luckily, it wasn't just myself going crazy, but <laughs> Marietta was, a, was a, another special trip for, for, a di- for a different reason, I would say, because I have the experience in Swarthmore with everything going on, like, okay, this is how it's supposed to work, this is everything like this, um, but playing Marietta was something completely different. The gym in Swarthmore it was like, okay, I even saw it, we, like, we didn't play Swarthmore yeah. in Philadelphia, but like I was, I saw their crowd on the, <laughs> I saw their crowd on the uh, TV broadcast yeah, yeah. of the game. So I knew they were loud, but they were not even close to what Marietta was. Marietta, their gym is like a small dome, but they fill it. It's crazy, and it was like, I had I was at this little uh, reporters table in like the middle, surrounded by Marietta fans. And there yeah. were times where I couldn't hear myself think. Like, it was Damn. the first kind of experience I had reporting in a hostile environment, I would say, yeah. because it was so high energy, and it really gave me that experience to sort of, like, okay, I have to be able to block out the noise while also put still being able to, you know, put out the best content I can. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like when you're, like, there, you're going to have to, like, anticipate, like, if they end up, like, winning, you're... Mm-hmm you might just have to keep sacrificing all this time to just kind of do that. Like, take me through that. Like, obviously with Swarthmore, you were able to just be there for two games, and then also Marietta, unfortunately, they weren't able to win. Like, it's just kind of like you went with the team. Like, just tell me a little bit about that, you know? Yeah, so obviously, like, there was always the question, like, okay, if they beat Marietta and then win the next round and then they go to Fort Wayne, Indiana, where the Final Four was held, it was like, okay, now it's going to have to be, like, a financial investment Yep. But mm-hmm. it, it, I, wrote, I wrote a blog post about this for one of my classes uh, recently. It was, like, I pretty much just, like, advocated for, like, you at this point, as a senior myself, there are times where we need to start taking risks and, like, start putting, like, your own feet forward. Like, yeah. classes can only get you so far. Clubs can only get you so far. You have to, like, take the initiative to make sure what you're doing is being at like the highest level it can yeah. when when the opportunity arises. Yep. And so I was ready to make that sort of like jump to Fort Wayne, Indiana, God for God willing they won. Yeah. Um in Marietta both rounds, but it was uh, that didn't happen, but I was prepared to do that, so. Yeah. That's awesome. So and then like obviously you you're with the team. They played a great game. They were winning at points of that game. Ended up losing like what was like the locker room like after that game? That that was something I hadn't experienced before because they'd only lost once that entire season before Marietta, yeah. and they were on the road for that game, so I didn't get to see like how they reacted after that. After Marietta was something strange because like, I hadn't seen these guys like, down before, but mm-hmm. it was clear that excuse me, it was clear that these guys put so much effort into everything because after the game they were just like silent i never hear these guys quiet (laughs) um but no their heads were down but like they were still like they're like they were where where they had to do their post-game press conferences were kind of on a balcony um above looking over the gym and so they got to see all the marietta fans greeting their players greeting their uh team and everything like that and so i think that was something that they really took in and we're able to are, are going to attribute into next season mm-hmm. but it was it was somber to say the least but that was one of the points where i knew that i was making a difference because i was talking to devin green um 
at the time after the game, and he was he was a little teary eyed, um, but he was like, he just like patted me on the back and was like, hey, we came this far and like thank you for like yeah. like coming with us and like being able to like share the our experiences with the world and everything like that because it meant a lot to them and so that's like we're going back to one of the other questions like that's one of the moments where i knew like i was making a, a difference yeah helping yeah like you were you were you definitely like made a difference with putting like basketball more on the map obviously your basketball is always competing with hockey mm. and hockey is obviously the number one sport here so it's nice to get a, a sport like that to just be highlighted and um so now going into this season this in the off season yeah yeah, yeah that i think i think there's there was one big point of this off season and it was Curdy bowman yeah. Yeah. I, I i mean i think he's the he was the big name he is the guy that's gonna make maybe the one of the biggest impacts for a new one of the new for, for a new player mm-hmm. on this team like like how just how big is that transfer for this team yeah i've talked to cartier and he's all gung-ho about being here like he is super excited to be here i see him out every once in a while on campus and off campus as well and he's always just super excited to see me because like he he knows the players have told him about the coverage that they they're yeah. getting now uh from me and also the other media organizations um and so he's always been great he's a really really stand-up guy um but no he's a great talent he came from saint rose uh which is right next to my hometown actually um so i'm a little nice. familiar with st rose they have a decent basketball program but uh from what cardia was told, telling me it was just wasn't meshing there and yeah. he was actually prepared to move down to texas to play basketball down there for d1 um but there was some things that didn't work out in the last minute yeah. ended up coming to oswego because uh there was a connection with coach leon there and he really liked the atmosphere here and so he is going to be a very big asset to this team this year, I think. Um, whether or not he's starting, whether or not he's coming off the bench, playing a six-man role or something like that. Yeah. But he is going to give this team depth. He's going to give this team great play in the post and also rebounding. He was like very high, uh, very high number of rebounds in his games last season yeah. in St. Rose. And so I think he's going to be another defensive asset which is one of the things that the basketball team builds themselves on prides themselves on is their uh, defensive ability so yeah. i think yeah. he's going to be a really really good difference maker for this team yeah is he filling that like the role of like molson and simmons they kind of had last year yeah i would say so i there was when we played marietta they had yeah. like a uh, kid who was like seven foot one we don't have a no. kid who's seven foot one yeah right. How, we play a sort of similar build to like all the players like yep. six foot Two to six foot, like four mm-hmm. in that range. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And then, like, forwards kind of. Achilles, like, six, yeah. six, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, they, it's pretty much, I would describe it as defense by, defense by union, yeah. defense by committee, where they're all working together to make sure that they, like, they're not relying on just one person yep. to be that guy in defense. They all have to hold themselves accountable. And that's one of the things they also were really hard on this offseason, making sure that. Taking it day by day, being accountable, and you know working together for that sort of stuff. But no, he's going to be a very good asset for them. I, I don't, I wouldn't say that he's going to fill the role of Molson or Simmons, just because I don't know what exact role he's going to play. Yeah. But he will sort he, like anyone who's going to come in and is going to adopt to the philosophy and whatnot is going to be a big difference maker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean someone coming from the 518 local 518 kid over here so that that was that was kind of nice to see but um obviously now going into this season the team is ranked number five yeah my my reaction was like i was a little surprised i mean i know they are you know they went to the um you know the sweet 16 and they were able to have a lot of success but you know what was your reaction to be ranked number five I'm trying to remember where I was. There were, I was, oh, I know exactly where I was. I was at the uh, uh, Louis B. O'Donnell Media Summit. Okay. And I was sitting in one of the front rows, and I got a Twitter notification. I had notifications on for the basketball team, yeah. athletics, and I saw the men's basketball team's ranked fifth, and I had to con- contain myself. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. And my first instinct was just to be like, 
excited for that. I was ecstatic mm-hmm. for the team, for the right. guys, for the coaches, because yeah. it was just that. That's huge. Yeah. My second reaction was, well, they kind of deserve it. They went to the Sweet 16. They were kind of under the radar the whole way there. Um, Easily. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think they were like ranked 12th going into the Sweet 16 in the nation, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I read around there. Yeah. The two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I was like, they're returning six of their eight top scores. Yep. And the leadership is still there. They're bringing in great transfers in Josh Thigpen, Joey Roback, and like we said, Carrier Bowman to fill the roles that have been left by the seniors who graduated. This team is, if not remained the same skill level gotten better yeah. like it is going to be like the, the nation is finally on notice that something big is brewing here in oswego and it's about time they get their uh, their uh recognition yeah i know like they were i think as at number five they're the only the highest ranked team not receiving a first place vote which yeah. is I mean, that's that's insanely high praise. Yeah. So I was reading a bit in a D three hoops um, article that was written that every team above them was given a first place vote by had one first place vote by different people, oh. and Oswego was the one team that hadn't gotten one of those. It was the only team in the top five that didn't get a number yeah. one vote. Um, but just going back, like my reaction to that was just kind of like, like okay, like that, like. To not get a number one vote, that's like that's why we can't really ask for everything. No, but I mean they weren't even per- top yeah. ten. Yeah. So last year, yeah. Personally, myself, I was just like, <laughs> personally myself, I was just kind of like, this is so big for them and for the team and everything. But I'm also like, this is a great opportunity for myself, and because like not many people across the country get to say that they've been able to travel work with become friends with players who are on a top five team in the country yeah like Mm -hmm. that's something that i am absolutely not taking for granted at all and Mm -hmm. that's going to be something huge i'm able to put on my resume now and it's just i'm I'm grateful for that honestly i'm grateful that they've like continued to show their support for me especially after the season ended and in the off season and now here yeah Yeah. what what are you like expecting from like just the community now knowing that Oswego is a top five team in the country. Yeah, I I know, like we said earlier, hockey is the number one sport here. Yeah. But I think people are starting to realize, like, okay, basketball is here. Basketball is huge here now. Like, it's no longer this hidden gem, especially yeah. – and yeah. I, I – I, I, I like to think partly due to the coverage that I've been giving, but also the other media organizations I've yep. been giving to basketball. It's something big is brewing here, and it's just I think it's going to be – like towards the end of last season, the Suniac Championship game when we held the Suniacs here, packed. when we played Oneonta, it, it was packed. It was the most packed yep. they'd seen that gym yeah. like all season. Yeah. And I can only imagine if we were holding the, or hosting the first round of the NCAA tournament, it would have been just as packed, if not more. Yeah. And I, maybe I'm not expecting the crowds to be Suniac championship level size the of whole course. season. Right. Yeah. But more people are going to be on notice that some like th- this is going to be a good game if I go. I'm going to be able to see something special. Yeah. And I definitely think crowd numbers are going to be up. I think the campus is definitely on notice and they're going to be excited for this team just as much as i am yeah yeah and then i would say uh what are their like what are you, ex, your i don't say your what are just the kind of general expectations of this team is it is it repeat last year one lot one suniac loss sweet 16 is it maybe come fall down a little fall just a little bit couple losses here and there or is it undefeated get further into the tournament like what do you think? Yeah. Well, I definitely have hopes and I have like expectations. My hopes yeah. is like championship. Get that <laughs> of course. title. Bring that home. That's of course, huge. yeah, yeah. But expectations, I'm I stay away from because I'm I'm I don't like to think I'm a superstitious person. Um but I just don't like to think of like okay, this is like where they're gonna get to. Because yeah. then that's sort of like me expecting that of them yep. and like if I don't get that, then I will be upset. Like I, I won't be. Like, anything this team does, like they have, they have a lot to be proud of and whatnot. But I think yeah. they 
I think what I think they expect from themselves is to get back to where they were and finally break through that Sweet 16 barrier. Yeah. Oswego has been to the Sweet 16 a few times now, mm. a handful of times, and they just haven't been able to get past them. Marietta yeah. stopped them the last two times. But they are 100% going to want to get back to that point. I expect them to get back to that point because of how much they've rebuilt uh, after the seniors have graduated, but also how much they're returning. And the mindset within that team is something like I haven't seen really before in a lot of teams. It's yeah. all like they're all like on the same wavelength, and that's something you can't take for granted in any team in any sport whatsoever. Um, but no, I think they'll be expecting themselves to push past that, but they are going to be taking it day by day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know if I would say press at the press conference, Julian Crittenden comes out, he, he, he gets asked, and, he, and other guys go, oh, day by day, we're taking this like one step at a time, and he goes, national championship. Uh, joking or not, I mean, I think yeah. that mindset is kind of there for the, the entire team. The idea is going to be there, especially from any any top-ranked team like that, fifth-ranked team in the country. Like, your eyes are going to be set on the, the finish line, the Holy yeah. Grail. They will bring that silverware back home. Um, but it is important to keep that day-by-day mindset, especially going through, because getting a big head can bring you down. It can yep. bring you down a little right. bit. But... I think they're taking that day-by-day mindset with also in the back of their mind the goal being to, that when those days finally end, they want that day to end without holding a trophy. Yeah. Right, and uh, one of the last questions is um, obviously Oswego has the foundation still left with them. They mm-hmm. have Devin Green, Julian Crittenden, and Jamal Achille. They're all seniors. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't want to look forward. We just want to focus on this season, but... Is it a little bit of urgency this season, knowing that the foundation of this team might be gone? Well, I think that's going to be in the back of Leon's mind, in the back of the coaches' minds and whatnot, that this is a sort of – this is I wouldn't say this is a win-now sort yeah. of build. This is a – they have a chance to win now, I would say. Yeah. Like, they have the building blocks to be able to bring home this championship now more than any other time in the past few years, I would say. Um, where in terms of where it goes after this season, who knows? Because Cartier Bowman, if he stays, he will. he's only a junior right now. He'll yep. be here for another year. Right. Roback's a sophomore, and Josh Thigpen is a freshman, the only freshman they brought in. Yeah. So it's not like they brought in three seniors in a sort of like, all right, all gung-ho now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's They still brought in pieces that are good that will be good moving forward. I think that there are, there are other players on this team who can step up and who are going to be able to play those roles that those guys are playing um, in between now and then. And so it's it's a team made up of a team, I would say. They are a team through and through. They're the most team-oriented, family-oriented groups of people I've ever met. And they will help. They will pat you on the back, they'll laugh with you, they'll uh, they'll give you what you need, especially for me. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be able to help you out in any sort of way, and they'll do it all with a smile on their face, and it's it's something that, uh, it's just in the mindset, it's in the blood of the organization, the program, and that's always going to be there. Right. Yeah. I know I've talked to those guys before, and they've been just the nicest people in the world. Yeah. I mean, they've just been able to give me like interviews, even for like a class. It's just been something yep. like that. Yeah. Just same kind of being welcoming. And it was very good. Just hit them. And then also Leo. So, yeah. yeah and I mean, like, like I said, mentally like, big, nice guys, like literally like we just like walked on the court after that in Swarthmore, mm-hmm. Devin Green comes over to me and my friends, like he doesn't know who we are. Like we're just three guys yeah. in Oswego shirts that had just happened to go down to Philadelphia for their game. And they're like, oh, thank you for coming. Like we like really appreciate the fans. Like mm-hmm. we're just three guys like in a not very packed gym. Exactly. Right. And it was like, they just like, they pre- they're very nice. They're humble, like very down to earth oh, people. Yeah. They're, they're, the, they're some of the nicest guys like anyone, anyone could ever ask for, exactly. especially me like starting last year covering them they could have yeah. easily just been like eh, whatever it's just like some random journalist or whatever some mm-hmm. random yeah. person in the newspaper who cares right but no they're very receptive of any sort of thing that i was asking of them any sort they were very understanding and 
it's just it's it's a lot i couldn't have like i wouldn't be in the spot where i am where i think i can cover basketball yeah. throughout the rest of my career if i didn't have the support of those guys from the beginning so definitely yeah well, Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the pod, talking really to this team, it. talking yeah, about, yeah, just talking about like yourself too. Like, mm-hmm. we love the stories. So, yeah, yeah. thank it's you. Nice. Yeah, just thank you so much. Yeah, we really nice, appreciate man. it. It's nice to get up close and uh, personal with someone who <laughs> just knows basketball, and it's just nice to kind of let someone else uh, talk about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's gonna do it for uh, the interview with Spencer Bates. Obviously, we thank you once again, and. We will see you later in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, back to the pod. Welcome back to your regularly scheduled podcast. (laughs) Um, Thank you to Mr. Bates for that amazing interview. It... Uh, I couldn't, I mean, he just gave some great answers. Yeah, he, he definitely gave us some great insight about the basketball team and also about last season. Yeah. I and that was very, like, last season was just unbelievable. Like, yeah, it was for the basketball great. program. And I feel that it's only going to get bigger. And better. And better. And it's also the coverage for basketball is just going to get that much more. Yeah. And. I know that we are a hockey school, but also just basketball team being ranked number five, you can't ignore that. No, you can't. You can't. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody was expecting a number five ranking after a lot. I know this team. This team didn't lose. They lost a couple of key pieces, but they eased, they replaced they got them. Their foundation. They had their foundation stayed, but I don't think anybody expected a number five ranking. They're at number five. They are the the lowest or the highest ranked team that didn't get first placed votes mm-hmm. the top four all got a, all had a first place vote from one of the writers mm-hmm. so that is high praise yeah. for this team and it's going to be a great year but again thank you so much to spencer bates for that interview we really appreciate it but yeah. we're going to transfer over to the big game in uh yeah. Oswego Athletics, I would say. Yeah. It's Easy. Whiteout Weekend. It's Whiteout Weekend. It's Wednesday today. In two days, we are going to have Plattsburgh State come to the Deborah F. Stanley Arena for the second time in the calendar year. So they they yeah. they can't wait um, until uh, until January of next year. They got to come. A second really? straight time in this calendar they come year. The second time this year. And oh. face off against the one and one Oswego hockey team a little early this year, but yep. yeah. What a Brian, what's your what's your predictions for this game? Oh, prediction. Uh um five, five to one. Wow. Uh you, you know what from my conversations with different people, this Plattsburgh State team, though good, lost some key pieces in the offseason. They lost their starting goalkeeper. He actually goes to Oswego now. He's on the club. He's actually on the Oswego club team, Anthony Del Tufo. How ironic is that? That's very ironic. The guy who started white out last year for Plattsburgh is now an Oswego State student. He was, uh, also, he was also an analyst for, uh, <laughs> for w- WTOP10 couple weeks ago. Oswego hockey. So that was funny. That, that, is, that but, is interesting. Yeah, they lost some big pieces. This this Lakers team, I, we, you said one and one, but their loss came to a then-ranked five Hobart, now-ranked number three Hobart College. They're up to the, they're the third in the week one rankings. They're number three after a really good weekend by them. And then they come. They come back opening night, teal night in the Deb, beat then ranked number nine Elmira, five two. That was a excellent win by them. They proved they kind of told some doubters wrong. I know we were both on the perch that night yep. for WTOP ten. We were pregame and and intermission report analysts. Definitely. And my prediction was an Elmira win. I was think I I don't know. I just I was kind of being a Debbie Down, Debbie Downer as our good friend Luke Rosenthal Bruce. called me. Live on air, yeah. um, but no, they. I think they proved some doubters wrong. I think 
they looked really good in that second game, and they got the bump. The committee bumped them up to number ten in the rankings. They jumped Elmira, who fell who fell down to number eleven. And this team looked really good, and I think they at least to me they changed something. Um, they changed my opinion of them after that first game. Mm. So I think five one, Oswego on Friday. Yeah. Wow. I mean. That's just a switch around from yeah. when when I was uh, hosting and I was hearing you just saying, nah, they're not going to win against Elmira. Um, yeah, I think that win against Elmira was just, like, I can't even explain how huge that is. Because last year they faced off against Hobart and Elmira and they lost both games. Yeah. And it was seeming like when they lost to Hobart, it was like, is this going to be the same thing? They're going to lose to two ranked opponents to start the season, and then they got to play catch-up in the latter half of the season. Yeah. But now they're able to just be like, okay, well, we lost against Hobart, who is number three. I yep. mean, that's number five at the time, number three now. But then winning against Almira, who was number not. nine at the time, yep. it's just like, whoa, okay. So, you know, Oswego's able to beat one of these ranked opponents. and Yeah, for the fir- first time they get a point. A point is a win or a tie. Yeah. They the last time they got a point versus a ranked opponent was February of twenty nineteen when they tied a then number two Geneseo on what was senior night. So that's still that, that's, that's that's a big game. That's a game that pulls emotions out of also players. Team. Also Suniac team, but like the, I think I think the reason they got a point that night was because it was a like a, a motion heavy game for the seniors. Mm-hmm. So first time since twenty nineteen they get a point versus a ranked opponent. That's a that's a big monkey to get off their back though. For in a in a season where there's a, this is very ranked opponent heavy. The Wilkes is in the calendar. They're ranked. Geneseo obviously twice this year. That's coming up in a couple weeks. Yep. They're number two still. Cortland, and after their big weekend, their big opening weekend has a couple of votes in the rankings now at the bottom at the bottom of the rankings. Mm-hmm. So it's a very um, ranked team heavy schedule this year. A potential matchup with Adrian during the New Year's tournament. Yeah. If both teams win their opening matchups, big monkey to get off their back now. Yeah, definitely. And just going back to my prediction for this. Right. Game. Sorry. Yeah. No. No, you're good. I, lo- I love your insight. That's why. That's why we're we're talking here. Um, against Plattsburgh. Um, I'm gonna go four two. Okay. I like four two. Um, I think they win by two goals. I believe that it's going to be a very, um, I don't know, I, 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 have a, I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit more down the wire than last time, but I also okay. feel that Oswego is going to be able to take a big advantage early. Like in the first period, I believe they'll, uh, yeah. I believe they'll go out 2 nothing in, in the first period. Or, yeah. at least, or at least getting the first goal of the game. I, I I believe they'll able to they're able to stay with that lead. I don't think they'll play from behind. It's just it's yeah. gonna be you know coming down to the wire. And then we also got the SUNY Potsdam game. Can't forget about that. Nope, little brother, little brother bear, little brother bear. Um, <laughs> um yeah, but also just quick before before we move on, whiteout too. Mentioning you know, they're not gonna play from behind. They're gonna build off the energy of the crowd. That's one thing. This game always packs the rink. Always packs the deb. Talking to friends who are going going to be going to this as fans, it is just oh yeah, we're gonna be there. How do like let's get our tickets, let's like this is going to be a packed arena and they will feed off that energy. Yeah. So to your point, not going behind, I don't think it's even a possibility because yeah. they're gonna feed the they're gonna feed off the energy early in that game. Yeah. And um before we uh go over to the Potsdam Potsdam game Give me a player to watch. What, who's your Who's your favorite player going in this? Who's Who's your guy that you're gonna? It you know it's it is Captain Ryan Bunka for me. Ryan Bunka. He is yet to have a point yeah. this year in the and he didn't get a point in those first two games, but he's a defenseman. He is the captain of this team. I think he will rally the troops before the game if. For some reason, they do get down at some point. It's a t- it's a tight matchup. He will be the guy. I think his impact is going to be more as a leader mm-hmm. than necessarily 
like how his play on the ice though his play on the ice is really good he's a first line defenseman he plays yeah. very well mm-hmm. um i think his impact as a leader in this game to rally the team is going to be can't be understated and i think he's my player to watch because of that mm-hmm. um yeah that's a that's a great pick i'm gonna go the complete opposite for you and i'm gonna go with matt McQuaid. Ooh. The Suniac, the recent Suniac Rookie of the Week freshman. for Oswego. Matt McQuaid, a freshman out of Stittsville, Ontario. And he had a good weekend. He had a he very had good, a really weekend. good weekend against Elmira um, and, and Hobart. Um, yeah, he. I, I, I'm going to see him going to be yeah. really... Uh, Really in there for this Oswego team. Really going to be in the trenches and trying to um, get up early. I think I have a prediction. He is going to be one of the four goals that are going to be scored. I like that. I like From that. The freshman, the young kid, showing uh, Coach Gosick that his first career goal, his first against, career goal against, against Plattsburgh in whiteout. You, you know you can't script it better. You can't no. script it better. It's you, you got to go with the young kid, and I expect big things out of him from this season and also seasons going down the line. So, yeah, yeah I'm picking Matt McQuaid. He's going to help. Uh, he's going to help uh, lead this team, not as a not as a veteran, just as you know. I'm a young kid. I I can do I can do things that you guys can do as well. So I'm going yeah. with Matt McQuaid. And also, I'm going to go quick shout out to uh, Daniel Kalabufa, who I think could have a big game too because. Yeah. He's from just down the road here in, in from Camillus, New York. D1 transfer this year from Holy Cross. Um, I think he is going to know. He, this rivalry, he will know about this rivalry, and I think him getting his first chance to play in it could be a very big opportunity for him to take a step. I mean, he had two goals this weekend, mm-hmm. which is huge. So I think he could take a big step this for in this game. I think he, for me, he may be one of those five that I'm predicting. Yeah. Um, so. Final thought. Uh, I believe we sweep the weekend. This whiteout weekend. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I hundred percent. I uh, I don't see. Um, well, I think Potsdam's gonna be. Yeah. I, th- I actually think Potsdam will be a closer game. Closer game. I think exactly. Potsdam might be a better team than Plattsburgh this year. Okay. I think Suniac obviously one two three is Geneseo Oswego Cortland okay. right now. That is your one two three. I think Potsdam's your four there. Mm, no, I think no, I think it goes for Donia and then Potsdam. Well, I was going to say, where are you going to put Fredonia? Yeah. Forgot about Fredonia, real quick. Fredonia's four. I think Potsdam's your five, though. Mm-hmm. So I think I do think they're a better team than Plattsburgh, at least right now. We'll see how the weekend goes. We'll see how we play against both teams. But um, the team from just north, straight north of us, pretty much, yep. I think that's going to be a closer game. Mm-hmm. And talk around the town, we might see... Cal Schellen goal for the first time. That, so that's gonna be that'd be. I'm excited to see if that comes to fruition. I'm excited too. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go Potsdam prediction. Three two. Three two. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opposite for you. I think I think the Potsdam game is gonna be a little bit more uh, a little more out of reach. Okay. Um, I don't know. I I could. I know I'm I, I know I'm doubting Potsdam, but you know obviously this is the 104 Sports Report, not a uh, not Potsdam Sports Report. Yep. So I'm taking Oswego four to one against them. Um, it just from last year to this year, obviously they could be more competitive, but yeah. I gotta see it. Yeah. I gotta see it to believe it. Um, Fair enough. We've we've had Potsdam's number before. And I believe that's gonna happen again. Hopefully my uh, my uh, podcast uh, curse doesn't doesn't come into this uh, <laughs> this weekend. Hopefully not. Hopefully. But yeah, that is going to do it for episode six of the one hundred four Sports Report. It was it was it was a tough it was a tough conversation for both of us when women's soccer volleyball, unfortunately, fall sports has ended officially but now we get into the nitty and gritty of the winter, winter. basketball basketball 
hockey. And hockey. We're just we're gonna be talking about that. Yeah. Coming up in the next episodes. We'll have, we'll have more interviews. We'll yep. have more interviews coming up. We're not gonna we're not gonna give you who we're gonna interview just yet, but you know we have some ideas of who we're gonna want to interview and bring on here to the podcast. Obviously, we appreciate uh, Spencer Bates for talking with us. Really appreciate it. And yeah, that's gonna do it. So for Brian Bros, I'm Alex Brooks. Episode six of the 104 Sports Report. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.